welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name is Richard, I shall be your host for this evening and this episode is going to be called, um, it's going to be long this title because I was thinking about it down in the kitchen when I was cooking some sea bass for dinner tonight so it's um, um, it's going to be called Don't Keep Him Trapped in a Cage, Let Him Out. Because if anybody's going to talk about gold and orcs in the dungeon, the talisman can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cut that down, you know, obviously. But joining me tonight is um, the member of what what people are describing as the top gear of board games. It's Polyhedron Collider's John Cage. Hello. Hello, John. Um, How are you, first of all? I'm good. It's good to be here. I'm del- I'm delighted to have you on. The PHC guys have let me out of my cage, <coughs> as it were. <laughs> Figuratively speaking. I mean, there's probably a whole range of other titles I could have used which are going to be an awful lot better. I'll probably edit out that beginning since it was, quite frankly, on reflection dreadful, but it's not been the first time that I've... Um, I've let a kind of a, a bad title out on, on the kind of the podcast, but... Um, You've got to start with one, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, and see see how it goes. Um, for everybody who's listening for the first time, hello, thank you for joining us. The reason that we do this is quite simply because there's not enough podcasts about out there about board games. There's there's us, there's PHC, there's Meeple's Anonymous staying in. But apart from that, iTunes is pretty much a blank slate as far as tabletop podcasts go. And the other reason. That we had, um, that we're doing this is because um, John appears on the Polyhedron Collider. John likes Talisman as well as other tabletop games. Science fact, and ev- <laughs> and, <laughs> and every time John tries to bring up Talisman, he gets interrupted by the Chuckle Brothers, also known <laughs> as Steve and Andy. So we are going to talk a little bit about Talisman because we have to. Um, Because just to have Andy Lewis in a rage is a fantastic, wonderful thing. The clean-shaven Andy Lewis as well. Yeah, I still haven't got over the fact that he's lost his beard. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a weird kind of before and after. It is almost like... um, it's it's like that uh, show that Davina McCall does where you kind of meet like a long-lost relative. (laughs) And it's almost... (laughs) It's almost like Andy as the father has then found Andy as the son. It's it is. It is a little bit terrifying. It's it like he's dropped like fifteen, twenty years. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear! But we're not here tonight to talk about Andy because Andy's been on the show and he's talked about his kind of his past and what he's been up to and everything like that. So tonight is, um, as I say, it is um, it's your night. So it's a chance to talk about um, your good self. So. As normal, what we normally do in this instance is we find out a little bit about the past, a little bit about what you're doing in the present in terms of your cardboard obsession, mm-hmm. and potentially um, things that you're looking forward to in the future, if that's okay with yourself. Because I don't know, is, have you... I've Obviously, I started listening to Polyhedron Collider um, about last year, I think. Because you've not been going that long, have you, as a podcast type thing, have you? Not, yeah, no, not an enormous amount of time. It, I thought we'd actually been going. It feels like about six months, but it's probably more like a year and a half, two years now. 
All right, okay, okay. And and um, from your point of view, because uh, how did you get into the hobby yourself? Uh, that's a good question. So I've always been interested in board games. Like my family's always played them. Uh, I think the earliest one that I remember that was a little bit like not just Monopoly um, was something called Mystic Wood. So, right. which is sort of a little bit like uh, Talisman, but two D. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna Google this, <laughs> and on a and on a grander scale, you are you are, you'll do well to find uh, pictures of it. Uh, but it's like this real. I mean, it's, it was ancient, but basically you have loads of little tiles, um, and I say little, they're probably like A5, and you turn them over as you explore this sort of mystic wood, and you've got to go and find. I think there's like the princess and the prince and some of the chalice or something like that. <gasps> but basically, it's like a. A, a sort of race to try and find the bits and pieces and then get back at, back out of the uh, the mystic wood first. <laughs> I've, I've found it, John. There you go. So me and I've my sister used to play that I've... for hours. There yeah, go, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's obviously for everybody looking at the webcam as we live stream, <laughs> which we're not. But we'll put um, we'll remember to put a, 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 a like a note in the show notes so everybody can kind of. Um, can take a look. It looks kind of fascinating. It looks like um, it reminds me of um, an old Atari twenty six hundred game, which was called like the Adventure Game or something, where you went from big huge screen to big huge screen. That is a pretty and good description only, of it. And there was only like four exits at any one time until you found the dragon that always kind of uh, always kind of killed you. So you. Um, so that was. I mean, we used to play that as kids. Um, and it was then, well, when I was sort of teenager, um, I picked up like Warhammer, Warhammer Forty K, all that sort of stuff, and we used to have some yeah. pretty epic battles, me and my mates. I think we talked on the PHC before about uh, no one else bothered reading the rules <laughs> for these things. So because I did read the rules, I would just, you know, I'd, I'd, everyone would go by what I'd come up with. Oh, right, okay. And so when I accidentally, and I did genuinely accidentally do this, but <laughs> misread the rules for the cyclone missile launcher on a, on a Terminator. Right. <clears throat> it's not, um, in the rules it says half an inch per missile, which means if you fire all 12, you know, yeah. it's only a six inch radius um, blast, which is still quite yeah. big, but yeah. I'm, I misread it as one and a half inches. <laughs> If you've got like 36 <laughs> inches of blast radius, that's basically one side of the board. So how many times did you claim victory Well, <laughs> by using that? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, whenever I played my mates, uh, their entire force would line up with wherever this guy was deployed. <laughs> and then <laughs> everything would try and kill him. Of course, it was oh. it was equally hilarious when um, it mis- misfired and basically took out my entire army. <laughs> <laughs> Did you keep up with with that then? Was that kind of led you through your kind of formative years, or? Yeah, I think I probably stopped playing it um, probably seventeen, eighteen, something like that, and then yeah. I had a bit of a break when I went to uni. Um, and the only games I played at uni were drinking games, but there were lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you become a master of the drinking game then? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know. I think if you tried to put drinking games out there in the board game space, people would probably still complain about the the mechanics. There's not enough depth to it. I'd want something else, and they definitely wouldn't want a roll to move mechanic or anything like that. They'd want something kind of substantial 
kind of going on. See if they need um, you need you need variety and you need depth for a good drinking game. So something like uh, Ring of Fire is a great game because there's about well most of the game is sub games, so it's all completely different and they all keep on getting interlinked, or at least it it is the way we play it. <laughs> we used to was it we used to play um, Roxanne. Oh yeah, the drinking the the song, the, the actual song. Yeah, yeah. And you drunk on um, one of you is drunk on Roxanne, and the rest of you drunk on put on the red light. That's right. And it was a mixture between pints and shots. Nice. <laughs> so you swap. <laughs> you kind of. Um, it was a pint for Roxanne, and then it was shots. It was put on the red light. You just had a nip of Southern Comfort. It was always Southern Comfort in those days. I can't imagine even looking at Southern Comfort nowadays because it's a disgusting kind of drink but that's what you did you kind of went Roxanne took a sip because it was always long you don't have to put in the red boof and that's how it kind of went that does sound but you, pretty messy <laughs> it, it, I think you kind of forgot what you were doing kind of like halfway through <laughs> to yeah. be perfectly honest and then you were just kind of moving on to kind of whatever it, you know probably looking at the ground kind of wondering um why the varnish of the kind of the union floor kind of tasted like that? We we used to go on then from that onto um, uh, Bonnie Tyler turn around. So every time <laughs> she says turn around, you have to stand up, take a drink, <laughs> turn around, and sit back down again. And that one gets lethal oh, pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> see, Can you imagine Andy and Steve would have never guessed we're going to spend the next hour talking drinking games and getting absolutely blasted out of our tiny minds. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> When I said Steve's uh, editing skills are ninja, you have no idea. I mean, we're absolutely screwed by the end of the podcast. <laughs> so you did the normal, I guess, accepted kind of break from about the age of 17 onwards. So when did you fall back in? When did you fall off the wagon again and get embroiled? I think it's falling back on the wagon. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I got back into it, I think... Um, I used to go and uh, play a lot of uh, computer games with some mates, lots of LAN, mm. LAN parties and that sort of thing. Mm. And there was one LAN party where uh, we'd basically got... It was a two, two-and-a-half-day week uh, weekend kind of event, and we'd got mm. bored <laughs> of playing computer games. And one of the guys said, well, we could we could just play this board game I've got here. Um, All right. it's, a, it's a bit different, um, but it's sort of still, you know, it's still quite geeky. It's not too... It's not like a traditional board game. And I was like, okay, interesting. And the guy okay. pulls out a uh, Robo Rally. Oh, okay. The original old, old edition of Robo Rally. Yeah, yeah. So And and so we played that. And after five minutes of it, I was like, this is bloody brilliant. I love this. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so that sort of, that sort of kind of re-engaged me. And then we ended up doing... Um, uh, an RPG, uh, Werewolf uh, RPG with some of those same guys uh, mm-hmm. and that was great fun uh, and then I can't remember how I originally f- I found Talisman at uni um, through a friend, I played it once in a very drunken evening and when I when we played this Robo Rally stuff again I suddenly remembered that I'd really enjoyed playing that board game, it took me ages to find it but I did yeah. eventually find a copy and that's, uh, yeah it sort of went from there really have you still? Did you hang on to your copy of Robo Rally, or did it disappear off somewhere? So the original one uh, was a friend's copy, and I've since yeah. bought another copy. I don't know which version it is, but it's not it's not the new new one they just brought out. Have you tried the new new one? 
No, but I am quite interested to. <laughs> I was just interested to hear what they've done with the kind of done with the mechanics because um, one of the games I heard that was f- slightly similar to Robo Rally was kind of Mechs and Minions. Mm-hmm. And you got you've managed to play that, haven't you? Yeah, I, I really love that game. It's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is is it kind of is is it kind of legacy in the way it kind of plays? I know that um, because I've got a copy, but I've yet to me and Colin have yet to kind of get it to the table. But I've heard that you kind of as you do missions, you basically unlock more and more powers that kind of change the game and, and kind of what it kind of does. Yeah, that's exactly right. So it does it does sort of unlock things and things progress as it goes. But um, I think Steve's played like the first mission or two probably three mm-hmm. or four times and gone backwards and forwards so it's not a legacy game in the sense that you know you're ripping up rules and then that's it yeah, it's done yeah. you never get a chance to do it again but mm-hmm. it is in the sense that like you say you release more and at the end there's a you get a guy in a box or something in a box yeah you can see like an axe poking out yeah. through the cardboard that's pretty cool i'm fascinated to find out what that actually what that actually is i'm i'm hoping it's not some kind of joke where you open it up and it's just a really small minion <laughs> holding a really holding a really really massive axe and it's like being packaged by amazon so the figure's tiny but it's got about 90 percent of the box is actually packaging packaging to kind of protect it that would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> You were you've come back recently from America, which is discussed on one of the latest kind of polyhedron collider shows, and I hope you had, hope you had a fun, a fun time. Um, yeah. Do is um, is your partner? Do they partake in the cardboard at all? Yeah. So my wife Kaz is. Um, I wouldn't say she's as fanatical as I am. Yeah. Uh, but she certainly enga- enjoys a good game. So okay. uh, she also quite likes Talisman. Um, she bought, <laughs> uh, I can never remember the name of this game, Ma- Machu Picchu. I took a picture of all my games earlier just to remind myself what I've actually got. <laughs> I was quite alarmed to look at Machikoro. Machikoro, there you go. John's referring to his phone. I've got mine as well. We've decided tonight, normally what I do is we record. I record blind on Skype and just have the audio. Oh, here we go. There you go. So there That's are three incredible. massive towers of games. I think there's probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's probably thirty or forty games there. I would say. That's pretty impressive. <clears throat> Isn't is... bad. But then, if you look in more detail at what they are, <laughs> maybe it is bad. <laughs> if you're, come on, come on. If you're a hardcore board gamer, so yeah. all right, I'll just I'll just whiz through them. So we've got uh, Obama Llama. Munchkin Leap yep. Letters, Hey That's My Fish, Munchkin, The Big Bang Theory Party Game. I didn't buy that one for the record. I, yeah, okay. Clacks, uh, <laughs> Risk, <laughs> Callisto, Firefly, Munchkin, Twi- uh, Munchkin Quest, the worst uh. case scenario survival board game, which all right. uh, without the board is one of the, is actually not a bad game at all. <laughs> uh, game of Trains, I bought the other day because Andy and, uh, and Steve banged on about it for so long. Yes, they did, yeah. <laughs> You know, befuzzled, exploding kittens, code names, uh, blockus, go, galaxy trucker. I know someone's going to berate me for this, but settlers of Catan, <laughs> uh, pandemic, Scrabble, nothing personal. I really want to play that game. I haven't got around to it yet. Ominos, Dixit, Suro, uh, the bigger blacker box, of course. <laughs> Bit of Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> uh, 
banana grams. It's a lot of people berate it, but um, so yeah. Before I get, I mean, there's loads of others. One other ones: Roborelli, Blockus, Nirashima Hex, Game of Thrones, Battlestar, obviously Talisman, <laughs> in a great obviously. big box. Uh, yeah, but a lot of people, well, Andy and Steve in particular, always berate me because uh, I don't, I don't always get into some of the sort of longer strategy kind of games. Um, but what what they don't normally let on, or Steve edits out because it's funnier. <laughs> Is the... <laughs> it's confessions night. It is. This is brilliant. I've been released. This is like you've, this is like you've gone to like the, you've gone to like the mirror newspaper or something, and it's like you know what I mean my eighteen months of, my eighteen months of lies and editing under polyhedron collider. <laughs> we speak to John Cage. Hear his story. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> this is fantastic. I forgot what the point was going to be now. <laughs> You were saying that um, you were saying that Steve edits edits stuff out. Yeah, so I, it may come across that I'm only into um, very shallow, very simple games, but hmm. and the, the real truth is that I tend to most of the time I end up playing games with people who don't play board games a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, I could crack out a game of like you know um, Imperial Assault or something like that, but hmm. chances are. Uh, if I ever managed to persuade someone to play with it, <laughs> uh, they'd look at it and just go, I don't understand. What is all this stuff? <laughs> and they'd have little chance in trying if it's involved with a fantasy flight kind of rule book. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, which seems to be, uh, here's the basic rules. Cool. I've learned the basic rules. And now here's a whole pile of rules that you completely have to relearn the game over. Ha-ha. <laughs> kind or, of thing. Or here's... Uh, Here's a bit about the rules, you play through this bit. Here's a bit about the rules, you play through this bit. Here's a bit about the rules, you play through this bit. <laughs> and they look at it and go, right, I need to know that table about... Uh, is it strength or craft on? Hang on, hang on, it's one page, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, ah, here we are. Yeah, it's that table there that's buried on the 13th page for whatever reason. It, it's like um, finding you've got Ikea instructions for a pizza, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of... Um, it's all over the place in a bit of a, a, bit of a muddle. Um you were mentioning, were you talking about the exit the room kind of games on a recent show of Polyhedron Collider as well? It was mentioned, yeah. Steve played one of those. Yeah, did you get a chance to play yourself? I think you were asking if it was worthwhile kind of picking up. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to do them. My, my concern with that sort of game is that, although I think they'd be good fun in a party, I can't see uh-huh. like how much they'd replay. And Steve's point was that uh, basically that they're pretty cheap. And so if you're going to bring it out like for a Christmas kind of thing, maybe it costs like 10, 15 quid for the game. But if you entertain your entire family for an entire afternoon, that's not bad really, is it? I suppose. But I mean, up in Scotland, we'd be like, people would be going, right, so where's the food? And it's like, well, I got something even better. (laughs) And if I put down a little tiny kind of an exit box there... I wouldn't have time to stand up off the couch without getting lynched and <laughs> dragged outside and kind of hung drawn and hung drawn and quartered. Is there? Um, I mean, do you get to play? You mentioned the stuff. You don't get to play a lot of kind of games. Is there anything that you have been playing recently that you kind of like the look of that you've you've been enjoying? Uh, so, well, I bought Game of Trains. I haven't had a chance to play that one yet. Yeah. Um, the stuff I've played most recently has been things like. Uh, Tsuro, Dixit. Um, I've played a lot of Sorry recently. (laughs) 
<laughs> only okay. because. Only because. Is that is, was that was it your honeymoon you were on? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a wedding anniversary. But, oh right, okay, yeah. Um, which I mean, you could read what you like into that. <laughs> you probably you probably would have played a lot of sorry whether you had the board game or not. <laughs> so so the friends that were out in uh, Chicago visiting, um, yeah, they've got a little girl who's six, and um, uh, so you know you inevitably end up playing a few kids' games. I've forgotten uh-huh. actually how um, <laughs> how much it fits into board games that I like really, in that uh, it involves a fair amount of dick moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! It's kind of like it's doing one over it on is. the other people completely. And yeah, the board game's called Sorry. I mean, it's in the name, isn't it? Oh, it's... I am so sorry. I've just sent am... your guy yeah. home. Really sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> it's just all the kind of the the kind of the randomness. So, how, how many times did you win? Sorry, on how many times did you lose? And how many times did the six-year-old girl beat you? Then I think she beat us most of the time when she played. Which is, yeah, I mean she's good. Don't get me wrong. I think she's basically a professional hustler. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad about it. But she was good, and she's been trained by. I mean, her dad's uh, a semi-professional gambler. So, all right, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's you know you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them. That's it. And <laughs> <Yes. laughs> when to say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 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 Um, do you? I mean, you don't do an awful lot of Kickstarter. Um, so I've heard on the the show. And anyone that's wondering, well, you're talking about stuff that you kind of is beyond the veil, and we don't know about. Dear listener, if you're not listening to Polyhedron Collider, you, f- you flipping well should be. Because if you think we're okay, these guys are, as I say, we, I refer to them as the, I think, the top gear of uh, board game kind of podcasting. And they are that. They are that good. But I'm just wondering, who's Jeremy Clarkson out of the three of you? Yeah, so I would have thought this was fairly obvious, but Andy's clearly, <laughs> it's clearly Clarkson. <laughs> the ape. <laughs> Size size wise, I don't think it quite works, but uh, you know we're on no. we're, on a, we're a podcast, so it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I know it's all kind of a, it's all kind of a invisible. Yeah, it's alarming um, how well that analogy works actually, because he is all about. <laughs> Let's just wade in with all of our ships and kill everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> and He's then you like, got. It's... No, you're saying. And then you got Steve, who's uh, you know like deep, proper technical knows everything about the industry, about how board games are put together, about you know why cardboard needs to be two millimetres thick, and don't let him get started, honestly. It's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> so is he like the James? He would be of... the James May, yeah. And then, so you've got, you've and then got, there's you... the idiot, uh, <laughs> the idiot pretty boy, uh, who's there for, yeah, to take it a little bit lighter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about Andy again? Um <laughs> well, I mean, he's got the beard off. He has you got know, the beard. Maybe he's, maybe he's decided to step back down again and, and say, like, you know, he doesn't want to be the grumpiest gamer in the world. <laughs> he wants to be, he wants to be kind of... But he's got the he voice to down to a T, so... Yeah. You have to make him do an entire episode doing Jeremy Clarkson. I mean, I think it's only, I don't, it's only kind of fair. I don't think I could cope with that. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's bad enough, the stuff we edit out as it is. <laughs> 
do you do an awful lot of editing? Because I, I don't know, I've kind of got it down to a T where I, I kind of edit out all the bits where... It's not where I'm umming and ahhing, but it's where I'm obviously asked the most stupidest question in the world. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you'll hear me saying, you'll hear me kind of drastically change in tone mm-hmm. when I'm talking. So I'll be going, so moving on, let's go on to board games. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you tell what happens is, what's actually happened is I've asked a two and a half minute question, um, which is what I normally do. And then the person went, you what, mate? Um, you know I'm not on Kickstarter. Oh, oh sorry, oh, sorry. Well, they just say <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just say, they just say yes, and just let me kind of crumble into the abyss, kind of by, kind of by myself. But do you do a lot of editing on the show? Then, are there bits that kind of don't turn up, which you went, oh, that was cracking. That was really, really good fun. I think if uh, if it was a cracking bit, it, it would have ended up in there, even if it was, you know, so close to some crap bits that they had to go in as well. <laughs> the, the difficulty with that we tend to have is that I think we probably record easily twice as much as we actually put out. Really, and that's that's with me trying to <laughs> direct them in the right direction. Let's just, uh, but again, guys, what was the game we were actually talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they always say. They always come up with a ramshackle thing, and it's like, oh, if only John was here to put us in the right direction, because otherwise, it's kind of like it's kind of like tangent, tangent central. Um, but moving away from them because we are moving away from them because one of the reasons that we've got you along here tonight and I think you thought I was kind of taking taking the proverbial, proverbial Andy when I said <laughs> let's come on and talk a little bit about Talisman one of the things we do on the show on occasion well all the time is if somebody likes a game they come on and they have a chat about it now we are of the philosophy and the mindset that not everybody knows what every single board game out there is about. You know, people all say, well, it's got the mechanics like Catan and folk will go, kill what? Kind of thing. So you, one of the games that you get berated for all the time on Polyhedron Collider is Talisman. It is. We need the ding. <laughs> we need the ding. I need to find a ding. Let me find a ding. Let me find a ding. There's, no gonna, there's not going to be... There's not going to be a ding here. There's definitely not going to be a ding. Um, I think the ding was a a PHC mechanism that Steve introduced to try and dissuade me from mentioning Talisman on every single episode. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's... um, I've seen it before employed on other podcasts where I think the video game Dark Souls gets mentioned and you get somebody else going, ding, ding, ding! That's the Dark Souls (laughs) mention for the the podcast. When Talisman is it, it's Games Workshop, isn't it? It is, yeah. And when were you first introduced to it? Tell us your little story about Talisman, how you got involved in it in the first place. So the first one I ever played was one of the the really early editions. It might even have been the first edition, in fact. Um, But this was back when I was was at uni. And I used to play... In fact, it was before uni. It was when I was at college. I used to Mm -hmm. play um, a lot of of online games. (laughs) And this was like when the internet was still young. So playing online games was something a little bit unusual. Uh-huh. Uh, and I used to have um, this guild for a game called Diablo. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, my right-hand man who helped me run this thing, uh, we ended up like meeting up various times and like just playing computer games all weekend. And there was one particular weekend, we went down to his brother in London, and um, 
and he and his mates uh, made us made us drink beer, and it was horrible. <laughs> uh, and play this weird board game called Talisman. And to begin with, I was a bit like, really? I thought we were here to like play computer games all all weekend. Yeah. Uh, and this looks weird. Uh, and after about <laughs> I don't know twenty minutes, half an hour, it sort of clicked, and I kind of got the whole um, the ethos of it. So the, the rough idea is that it's a board organised in rings. And yeah. um, your ultimate goal is to get right into the very centre, beat everyone else there, and um, and open this uh, card that's in the middle, that's going to have some mystical event, and that that's going to be the end game kind of thing. But unlike a lot of games where uh, you know you have a defined sort of number of rounds, or whatever, this can go on for. Well, I think we've once had a game go on for two or three days, like not continuously, <laughs> but playing it for. You know, quite some time, like stopping for dinner, going out for a walk, that sort of stuff. Because we're exercising, <laughs> going to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, because we were away for like a holiday, and there was like eight eight yeah. people playing this game. That's oh the other goodness. thing is that you can have loads of people playing it. It does it does scale, um, up to a point. <laughs> <laughs> it does, yeah. If you've got lots of new people, it's tricky because uh, you spend an awful lot of time between goes, which can be a bit yeah. frustrating, but. Yeah, so the the ultimate goal is to get to this very central thing and uh, you reveal this final card, assuming you make it there alive. And this card will either be something like, congratulations, you know, you've won the game, you've uh, yeah. you found the talisman, you are you are the ruler of the universe sort of thing. Or it might yeah. just be a black void opens in front of you and you're sucked into the ether. Start again. <laughs> so you could lose. So you could lose. <clears throat> so you could play this game. Or you could for, like, start again. Yeah. So you can you can play this game for like three or four hours and then that's it, start again. It, I love the um, it's a bit it's a bit like Dark Souls and those sorts of games, <clears throat> where um, you know you, you think you're doing okay and then something crushing happens and basically yeah. you get destroyed. We used to play Diablo uh, in what we called Iron Man mode, which meant that basically if you died, that's it, you had to start again. Yeah, yeah. So it was just this if- massive challenge that. You know, no matter how tough it got, you just had to survive. And if if something went wrong, well, tough luck. <laughs> so, what's the base mechanics behind it? I know I'm kind of getting down to the nitty gritty, but there will be people who because obviously last is it last year or now um, or early on this year, Games Workshop announced. Listen, we're Fantasy Flight. It's finished. You know, yeah. nobody nobody publishing it. Um, <clears throat> Did that affect Talisman at the time? Is Talisman one of the Fantasy Flight staples? I can't remember off the top of my head. I just said it was a staple. I'll tell you what, the um, the price of expansions has gone up incredibly. Like an expansion yeah. that was 10 quid uh, probably nine nine months a year ago uh, is now like 160 quid on eBay. I'm really wishing that I'd bought more than one copy now. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. Do you have you? Do you have all the kind of expansions then? I think I'm maybe missing one or two, but yeah, it gets to the point where um, you've got so many expansions. A lot of them uh, sort of just add to the base game. So, in uh-huh. fact, let me describe the base game. So, but the, the ultimate goal is to get into the middle, but there's a lot yeah. that happens before you get to that point. So, basically, you take it in turns to uh, roll a dice and then decide which way you're going, so right or mm-hmm. left, basically. And quite often, the, the squares are kind of symmetric, so it'll be a mm-hmm. choice between going to the fields or going to the plains. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. And then 
in most uh, squares you then encounter something so most squares say draw a card and it's always from the same deck so i think this is one of the big criticisms that people have that the choices you have are relatively limited (laughs) and Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter which one you choose because whichever one you choose you're still going to draw from the same deck you're still going to encounter that card ah uh, and the cards are things like uh, it might be a stranger, it might be a follower that wants to come along with you, it might be uh, a monster you've got to fight, it might be an event that affects you, or it might be an event that affects the entire board. But basically, you're you're going around doing this, taking in turns, basically trying to build up the strength or the um, the craft of your character. Mm-hmm. So strength being like your ability to whack things over the head, and craft being able to uh, psychically attack stuff. So, all right. Okay. And depending on, there's different, all different characters. <coughs> so some of them are stronger at strength. Some of them are kind of middle of the range on both, and some mm. of them are uh, purely crafty characters, uh, with a load of extra bits and pieces allowing you to do things like steal possessions off of people, cast mm-hmm. spells that affect other people, and that for me I think is where the game gets more fun, because it's not just all of you going around in circles just bashing monsters over the head. There's also a lot of yeah, well, I would like to bash that monster over the head, but equally, that person that I could land on in the other direction has got some really shiny stuff. So if I go <laughs> over there and I just stab, <laughs> uh, I'd like your um, uh, that lovely ring you've got there that adds two to your strength. I'd like that, please. Yeah, fine, take the ring. <laughs> Do you move like in a circle? Is it a circular board or is it a square board or how does it work? The baseboard. The baseboard is like a big rectangle and it's organised right. in three concentric rings. So you All can right, move. Okay. Uh, it's basically a linear board in three rings. So you can go mm-hmm. right, right or left in a, in whichever ring you're in. And there's a few okay. opportunities to move between the rings. And as uh-huh. you move, as you move further in, um, it gets progressively more difficult. So. In like in the outer ring, you'll encounter one card at a time. In the next ring, yeah. in, you'll encounter two or maybe three cards at a time. And in the yeah. final ring, it's like you either had to be very strong or very crafty. <laughs> because there's there's loads of trials like um, roll a, roll some dice against your craft, and if you get mm. uh, the wrong way, um, you basically get sent back outside, or uh, you have to survive um, a pit full of werewolves. And basically, you have to fight. You have to roll for their strength, and then fight all of them until they're all dead. And if you don't, you lose a life each time you're doing this. So, quite a lot of the trials that are in the last section, they they basically make your character progressively weaker. <laughs> yeah. So you either have to be really strong and just boss it out, or yeah, you end up it, yeah. you end up going, oh fuck, I'm not actually going to be able to get through this. So I'm going to have to <laughs> have to go back out and <laughs> yeah. And there's some end game modifiers. There's one that we call the Hand of Doom, um, which basically is like the original Talisman. So the normal, the, the newer fourth fourth edition revised. Yeah. Um, when you get to the middle, you're supposed to basically roll. You get the Crown of Command, and you have to roll a dice to basically kill off everyone else in the game until you're the All only right. one left, and then it's it. You won. You're <laughs> the Emperor of well, no one because you've killed everyone, but. <laughs> Uh, whereas the Hand of Doom brings back that uh, draw a card and it might be that you've won the game or it might be that you've lost the game. And this adds that right. actually you might uh, you might have lost the game for everyone. So nobody wins, that's it. Everyone in the entire world is dead. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what's turned this from kind of like a, a kind of a, a like of the game into a love of the game for you? Is it because you've played it for so many times now? Is I mean, do you play it with the same people when you play it? Is it you know do you 
do you consider yourself a kind of a, a talisman kind of pioneer? Kind uh, of. I would. So I tend to think of it that um, it's quite a good game. If people have ever, only ever played things like Monopoly or hmm. uh, maybe if they're feeling really adventurous, Risk or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, to play something like Talisman, you can see like the first maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, there's a bit mm. of, what the fuck is this? Why am I playing this? This is bonkers. <laughs> you know, I just don't really understand it. And I've got one friend who's played it three or four times. He still doesn't understand. But he's found out that it's called Talisman. And therefore, if you collect all the talismans, everyone comes hunting for you, which means it must be the right thing to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, so, I, th- yeah. I just think it's um, it's a relatively easy game to get into with a bit more depth than a lot of the kind of standard boring original kind of classic board games. Uh, and it's a good thing to get people involved. So if if you can get them onto that, there's a good chance that you might then be able to get them to play, I don't know, you know, more in-depth games, like maybe even going as far as TI or something like that. Ooh, that's a big ask. I'm not saying you jump straight there. That's a <laughs> but it, but it's, <laughs> that's a, it's a gateway. It's a, you know... That sounds like a gateway to hell. Right, we've put your talisman, how's your brain? It's a bit melty. Okay. <laughs> What's that? It's a big lion. What are we going to do with that? Uh, you'll see. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. How long, how long have you got? Uh, uh, well, I've got to be home in about seven hours' time. That's cool. That should be enough to get the game set up. Because <laughs> that's why. That's why. Who's it? Um, <clears throat> Andy's it Andy set it up a few Andy. times. Yeah. Yeah, he says he's got um, he's played. Has he played it yet, or has he just set it up yet? I think he was saying he was one of the games he was always wanting to get actually to the table was uh, Twilight Imperium. Did he manage to play it? I don't think he has yet. <laughs> Shame on you, Lewis. Goodness <laughs> sake, goodness sake. So is that um, has that kind of um. Is that the type of game that you're kind of looking for? I mean, since ta- since other are there other games like Talisman that you've kind of seen that you'd like to play and uh, anything along those lines? Yeah, so uh, well, you say I'm not a Kickstarter person, but I did actually back uh, the City of Kings. Yes, uh, and that game absolutely loved it. Exactly the same sort of uh, mechanics involved, but a little bit more co-op. All right, okay. And you can move in two dimensions. Because <laughs> you met, um, did you meet Frank uh, Aircon? Didn't you? Yeah, I think. that's right. And yeah. you, you kind of played the game. You kind of played the game there, much to my um, complete jealousy. Because it was <laughs> one of the, because I was like, oh, because I we obviously we had Frank on the show three times. Yeah. Because he's a sucker for punishment, <laughs> and I don't know why. After the first time, we decided to come back and. And t- we actually talked talked about the City of Kings, I think, that time. But um, he's a lovely guy. It's so oh, easy to, yeah. to chat to. We yeah, could have played yeah. games with him the entire weekend, and you could see, like, well, after he got bored with us, <laughs> we were like, well, we could probably keep playing, couldn't we? <laughs> and he was like, well, there are some other people that might want to play the game as well. Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, it's um, the. I think it's testament to him that the game like funded and funded oh, so well because he he kind of well, you were probably aware yourself the campaign that he ran was was very very good at communicating with the with the backers and definitely I think that because of that that really really helped the help the campaign and uh, I think he's uh, he's probably having a well earned break. <laughs> 
I think he probably deserves, you know, a few months of sleep. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because I think that's what he says. Whenever I spoke to him, it was like, how are you? He went, I'm tired. I've just kind of, um, I've just done the graveyard shift to make sure that we're communicating with the the American backers. But what was good with that was that I think the, um, I think there was some of the, the more well-known kind of super backers were kind of stepping in and kind of helping Frank with his with his campaign. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, we shall. I'm kind of really excited to see what how it plays, and um, it was really weird because Gloomhaven came out at the same time. Yeah, have you managed to play that yet? No, um, Colin is. It's one of those weird things. It's like Colin is Colin backed it because mm-hmm. we had a conversation, and I said, "Well, um, he says, well, you, what do you want to do?'" And it's like, "Well, there's no point in us both getting it because it's a, appears to be 120 hours of a campaign." <laughs> um, and it says, "And to be honest, um, the artwork on City of Kings, and this is going to sound terrible, but it looked nicer. It looked a bit more colourful." Yeah. Um, and I'm a big sucker for art. If it's, if a, if a game looks kind of like real, I've, you know, there's a couple of games in my collection which I've got because the artwork is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, the you know the We're Not Wizards favorite Ashes Rise of the Phoenix Born. The art on that is absolutely spectacular, and that's one of the reasons that I kind of love the game. But um, I've not played. I've not played Gloomhaven. Everybody that's played it says it's absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. What about have you? What about you guys? Have you any of you managed to kind of snaffle a game of it? Or I don't think any of us have it. I, I can't remember if Steve backed it or not. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really remember. That's yeah. the other problem I have with it. With um, <laughs> with the podcasts, <laughs> I've got such a bad memory. Steve's like, "Oh, do you remember that game we played like uh, six months ago?" And I'll be like, <laughs> "Nah, no, not really." And then after about five minutes talking about it, I'm like, "Oh, the one with the yeah. dice and the board and things." <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. The, one, <laughs> the guy that demonstrated it that had the face. Him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's 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 the kind of the one. Um, I mean, are there games that you are looking forward in the future? Then, as I say, that you've. Obviously, we've got City of Kings kind of coming on. That seems kind of exciting. But is there anything else that you've kind of piqued your interest in the kind of last couple of months, which you're going to keep an eye on? City of Kings is probably the main the main one, to be perfectly honest. Um, I can't. I was going to say another one, but I can't remember the name of it is now. Oh, we saw it Aircon as well. Anyway, it was living. <laughs> it was another one. Living up to your reputation. Yeah. I haven't got a terrible memory. Tell us another game you like. Um, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I, I mean, I've got a confession because I, I'm, because my memory's so bad, uh, mm. and because I, I'm not as dedicated to the board gaming scene, let's say, as uh, as Andy and Steve. I love board games, absolutely love yeah. playing them, but I just, yeah. I've got too many hobbies uh, to to spend as much time as Andy and Steve do on uh, the background stuff, and because I've got Stephen and Andy in my life. Uh-huh. Well, I've kind of delegated that responsibility already. <laughs> I don't need to look into what good games are coming up because all I need to do is wait for the next podcast and wait for Steve or Andy to go, so, this new board game, and I'll go, oh, that sounds interesting, and then they'll proceed to tell me everything I need to know about it. <laughs> it's like when they're covering, did you, um, what did you think of when they were, did you hear the one when they were talking about Everdark? I've heard I don't know if you... Andy and Steve talk about it a lot, and I've seen, oh, well, I saw it at the uh, expo, I didn't see it this year, but the year before. Yeah. 
And that, that looks awesome, actually. Really looking it forward looks, to that one, actually. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, I've been kind of talking back and forward quite a bit with... Uh, Ed with with Ed about it and um, yeah, it's certainly sounding like it's going to be one to watch. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of I like the idea of something kind of different kind of coming out there because I see on Kickstarter there seems to be a plethora of there's a lot of card games out there at the moment mm-hmm. and there's a lot of kind of dungeony type crawlers, but um, so it's nice to see something kind of new and fresh. Yeah, kind something with a very different set of mechanics in it. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it'd be um, we'll we'll see, we'll see. But it might be, it might be your bag because of con- concentric circles and stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> I quite like. So it's been a while since I looked at it, but I quite like the way it seemed to be a mix of. You're all kind of got some cooperative elements, like you've got to, mm. you've got to all work together a bit to get yeah. to the end, but. Similarly um, to something like uh, Battlestar Galactica, at the same time you're also working against one another to some extent. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think as the game progresses, I think Ed said this himself. As the game kind of progresses, you'll be in the situation where you've got the option to block or put some put an Everdark token down in a place where one of your um, you know, one of your puppy, one of your kind of co um, colleagues is meant to be. You you can block their path and make them have to go kind of like the long way around. And towards the end, it turns into kind of like a, a kind of a cutthroat kind of basis. Then that's it, you like know. a scrabble for the for the finish. Yeah, yeah, we're all together. We're all together. <laughs> Smash your face into the ground. Run for the end. <laughs> I can do this. It's me. <laughs> oh, what, what's that? In my back. What's that? In my back. It's my knife. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's going to be a good game, and I think um, I think Andy's had quite a bit of feedback on. Uh, yeah, he was going. Yeah, he was giving a lot of feedback. He says he had, he had some feedback. He was going to kind of think actually, kind of kind of feedback kind of thing. Do you? I mean, <clears throat> would you think you could ever actually persuade? Have Andy and Steve played Talisman? Uh, Steve's played it loads, and despite what he might say, what? I think Wait. there there is there is one episode where Steve uh, said um, that he enjoys it in some respects. Do you have that as your ringtone on your phone? <laughs> yeah, whenever Steve rings, <laughs> I I like Talisman. <laughs> I I think it, you'll find I love it. <laughs> it does sound a little bit cut. I don't know why. I know it's kind of like made up of. That's what I'm always worried about, kind of like bank voice recognition technology. Did you ever um, see a film called uh, Sneakers? Yes. Well, that's uh, was that Robert Redford? Yeah, Johnny that's, Lee, that's the one. Yeah. Johnny Lee Miller and wasn't Angelina Jolie in that as well? Was she? I think. No. She, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. <sighs> This is when we check to get the phones out, right? Okay, live podcasting. I don't, I don't think she information. was. Information. Um, but that film, they had a security system, and to, to defeat it, they tried. They basically took the, the geeky programmer guy out for dinner and got him to say all the words so that they could say, uh, "My voice is my passport. Verify me." <laughs> oh dear. That's an old, old I'm gonna no, I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to check. I don't care guys, you can hang on while Richard just goes ahead and checks. Nineteen ninety two. There you go. 
classic. That's when somebody says to you, 1992, and in your brain you go, 15 years ago, and then somebody reminds you it's 25. <laughs> it's celebrating its 25th birthday. Let's see, let's see, let's, what does it say? People, people in it. River Phoenix was in it. Yeah. Sidney Poitier. Dan Aykroyd. There was a lot of famous people in that film. Ben Kingsley. Oh my goodness. This is like a who's who of, right, okay, so maybe Angelina Jolie. Johnny Lee Miller wasn't in it either, so I got that wrong. <laughs> so what was he in? Was he not in another kind of hacky type thing? Well, I don't know. You're asking it doesn't the guy matter. with the shit memory. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. It's like, so John, what do you have for dinner tonight? Um, Steve, um, what did I have was... for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was on a plate. I think I definitely used did I use a fork? <laughs> Honey, it was soup. All right, I used a spoon. <laughs> I did use a fork. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just going to like... So it's dribbled down my... Dribbled down the kind of the... In, the kind in of my defence, uh, mm. I think I've trained myself to have a really shit memory because uh, I'm a software engineer. And oh, so right. basically the whole time you've got a, a computer in front of you, you've got notes in front of you. So you write everything down and you don't need to remember anything. <laughs> ah, well, it's called you've got to document stuff anyway if you're a software engineer, so there's no point. It's not like somebody can say, go and look over that code, go and tell me go and tell me how that um, that store procedure worked for you again. It's like, no, I've written it all down, it's documented. Check it out over there. If you've there done you it go. right. <laughs> if you've done <laughs> Yeah, if it's, you've done uh, it right. it's uh, documented, but there's no need to check them. I can just explain it to you uh, <laughs> if I can figure out how it works again. <laughs> Because I've forgotten to actually document it in the first place, kind of thing. <laughs> Awkward shuffle. Um, would you, would you ever kind of go down the lines of kind of like with you being a software engineer? Have you ever thought about putting together a kind of little game yourself? Then, yeah, definitely. Um, in fact, when I was a kid, uh, my dad, also a software engineer, <laughs> oh, um, he he used to put together bits and pieces so that you could we used to make like these sort of tile based games so you put together mm. some framework so you could like draw the individual tiles and then move something around on a board all right uh when i was a bit a bit older i figured out how to use open gel and so i used to make little um little games you could play I used to have one you said this little game called uh, beasts or something like that where you had like a square mm. it's like a, a monochrome screen green mm. and black Mm-hmm. And um, you used to have little eggs and things that used to hatch into beasties, and you had to basically move little blocks around on this screen to squish the beasts before they all hatched into super beasts and eventually squished you. So I tried to make that again in like a three D uh-huh. uh, top down kind of thing. That worked quite uh-huh. well. It was good fun. So and yeah, have you, so you have. Have you thought about putting something into cardboard then? Uh, I've thought about it a few times. We talked about this on a podcast recently, actually, about um, yeah, making remaking something a bit like Talisman, but with my mates happened. Uh... <laughs> so is that without Steve and Andy then? They definitely be in there, friends. but they'd be like the worst characters. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like that? You know, you're a dragon, excellent. Um, <laughs> that has a flame alert, um <laughs> That's allergic to flame. Um, basically, yeah. <laughs> so even if you intake a breath, you just explode and die. <laughs> How many hit points have I got? Um, you one. start off with my minus three. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the best bits of Talisman 
uh, is that he gets to turn people into toads. <laughs> How did I forget that? How did you forget? I don't know. I was distracted. Well, what to do is if you just say one of the best things about talisman is I can turn people. You can turn people into toads. I can edit it back retrospectively into the podcast. So one of the best things about talisman. Best thing about talisman. Have you seen that video? <laughs> The best things about Hero Quest. <laughs> I've not yet. No, you, you I've need, heard about it, but you need I've, to watch I've, it. It's absolutely brilliant. I just cracked out my copy of Hero Quest. Um, Hero Quest, I'm saying the the other week, and uh, let my four year old son see it. And I actually played it with my eleven year old son, mm-hmm. and I put some pictures on the old Instagram. But it's a tough game. It is quite tough, isn't it? <laughs> Just crazy, but no. One of the best things that one of the best things about Talisman is you can turn people into toads. Is that? What <laughs> is that either you can turn them into toads, or through a sequence of very unfortunate events, people can get turned into them? Which basically means oh, you, you could be this hardcore guy because you've got all sorts of magical armor and crazy weapons and stuff like that, and then some horrible event will befall you, and while you're sat there being all smug because you're this ultra powerful guy you suddenly get turned into a toad with like a strength of one and a craft of one. <laughs> and uh, you've got three turns to hop around the board while other people try and pick up all your lovely stuff that you've just dropped. <laughs> so you lose all your armour and equipment and stuff at the yeah, same time. Yeah, basically. But it's quite good because you can, you, can have, um, you, know, you can have someone who's basically walking away with the game and you're like, oh. well, we could play this for another two hours and be basically gradually crushed by this person as they yeah. monotonously uh, <laughs> edge towards the <laughs> end game, only to get killed anyway. Um, but now that they're obviously in front, everyone's now focused on making sure that they don't win. And so all the uh, the opportunity to turn them into a, into a toad or make it make it more enticing for them to take the risks where they might get turned into a toad suddenly come out of the bag <laughs> and it becomes this great long uh, you know it doesn't really matter anymore that I'm not winning the game because mm-hmm. there's a more entertaining game right now which is making sure that John becomes a frog <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of it happening to a nicer man um. <laughs> and it's that sort of stuff that uh, I think I think can really get people into these sorts of games that you know that it's not just you go around in circles and then someone eventually wins. There are all these opportunities for someone to get flattened. <laughs> well, let's see. I mean, <clears throat> as a kind of a what is this? As a finally, finally thing, let's go and see how much we can buy talismans for. Because, and I'm pretty sure you could probably get it for a reasonable price. Yeah, I think the actual base game is still not too bad, but the expansions. Are, yeah, some of them are pretty mental. So you're hoping that your wife, like, when you get into, like, say your 15th, 25th wedding anniversary, rather than buy you, you know, I don't know, help, you know, goes towards a car or a nice holiday or something like that, she, she rips out, there you go, darling, I got you a talisman expansion, the one you've never played before. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 Love you. <laughs> you know how to get to my heart. <laughs> of course, if you did it the other way around, and it's like, now remember, if it's making me happy, it's making you happy. Well, I like to think of it like uh, some of my other um, investments, like a projector. You know, on the face of it, it seems like it's a great big thing, and it's in the middle of the wall, and it's a little um, bit unsightly, and it was quite a lot of money. But on the other yeah. hand, 
we can watch it every night. <laughs> we, you know, this is this is for you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but Rogue One looks amazing when it's six foot high. It does. Honey. It does. Um, she was right though. Three meters is too wide for a t- for a projector screen. Two and a half. Sweet spot. <laughs> Sweet spot. Um, Talisman's forty quid on um, the biggest river in the South Americas. Bargain. So. Go and buy yourself a copy now. Go and buy yourself a copy now. And the um, what is this? The Harbringer board game expansion is twenty six quid. Yeah, some of the other expansions are still a reasonable price, but there's Talis forty five. Oh, here we go. Here's a crazy one. The, the Talisman or something. The is really fourth expensive. edition expansion, the Dungeon. Yeah, is going between seventy six to five hundred and thirty. Now, working in and working. Um, Alongside Amazon, that's potentially a error caused by their pricing software. Not Amazon's, but the person that's selling it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the Dragon expansion is ninety pounds, and the City is a hundred and twenty. So, I mean, this is stuff that you're better getting that than buying a crate of fine wine. Yeah, you know, who would have knew? Who would have <laughs> knew, John? Who would have knew the Talisman is actually? It's not just worth it as a game, it's worth it in cold, hard cash. <laughs> so stick that in your pipe, Lewis. If you can hold on to it long <laughs> enough. I mean, it's an amazing game, so why would you hold on to it? <laughs> I know, I know, you just want it forever. I know, exactly, scalpers. Coming over here, <laughs> buying our talisman and then selling it for a ridiculously high profit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, indeed, indeed. Um... Listen, John, thank you for coming on. This has been... Things have flown. Yeah, it has zoomed. Has it really been an hour? It has really been an hour. We could do it. We could... Um, yeah. Okay, quick question then, because um, we do have time. We've always got loads of time. Um, if you... And this is becoming a, a semi-non-popular question that I make up just sometimes. is If you were involved in a zombie apocalypse... And you managed to stumble into the havens of a board game that was essentially folded in time and space that had access to every single board game that had ever existed. And you were allowed to run out with three of those board games into the middle of the hordes of the undead. Which three board games would you take with you? To play forever. To play or do whatever you want forever. Ooh, that is tough. I think you'd have to have something... I'd maybe take the bigger blacker box simply for its defensive. You know, you could wield it like a weapon. It's quite a long box, <laughs> and it's yeah. pretty substantial. Yeah. Uh, so that's always a good one. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, I kind of have to take Talisman. I mean, we spent most of the last hour talking about it. So, and and then you know, zombies they probably enjoy it. There you go. <laughs> because you know, I think they would want to be something else. They're not the chosen undead they would probably rather not be there at all so you know if you could persuade them in their minds that they were actually frogs or toads if you just cast a toad spell fantastic they're there all the way toads are much easier to squish than zombies I suspect (laughs) and the third one the third one that is tougher I think if you look at all the games I've played uh, and the ones that I play most often. If you're going to survive a zombie apocalypse, maybe something like Nirishima Hex. There you go. Would would work because it's a longer strategy game. So unbelievably, I do occasionally play these games. 
it's all right. I'm always I'm always worried that people are going to say you don't really play board games, do you? You just podcast about them. It's like, yes, yeah, that's yes, exactly I, me. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've never ever played. I've never played Settlers of Catan except on mobile. Can I just say? <laughs> Just confession time. That would me and Andy did have a confession time when when we spoke about games that we've got on our shelf which we've never played or games that we've never played which you really should have being involved in kind of I guess the, the kind of the sphere that we're involved in or whatever you would call it. I must admit when I took that photo of all the board games I got I was quite horrified by I think maybe ten or twenty percent of the board games I own I haven't played my copy of. So I have played most of them, just not not the one that I've got. Are there games that you have got the rules, read the rules, kind of watched the videos, but haven't even played, but haven't touched yet? Yeah, so I I bought uh, Ain't Nothing Personal on, uh-huh. on the strength of... Uh, we, I used to go to this board gaming night with um, Steve and then Andy, and there was we played uh, the Portal game, which is great uh-huh. fun if you've not played it. I've got um, it, yeah, I've got it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I quite enjoyed, and it became clear that I quite enjoyed uh, the whole stabbing people in the back part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> and so the guy, the guy that we were playing with, said, "If you enjoy that kind of game, then uh, and you want like the epitome of that kind of game, you need to get yourself a copy of Ain't Nothing Personal." And on the strength of his description, I thought, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." So I bought it, and I've had it for. Six to nine months, I think, at least. And uh, yesterday, no, last weekend, I actually got the box open, took out the cellophane, and I started mm-hmm. reading the rule book and fell asleep. <laughs> well, can't have been a very, very good game. I think it's just still... difficult to read a rule book on its own without the counters uh, I th- yeah. and find much enthusiasm for it. You need to play it even with yourself, I think. I think I kind of need the... Um, I like a video. Give me a bit of Rodney Smith. Yeah, a yeah. video is definitely easier to um, digest, isn't it? Yeah, give me a bit of Rodney Smith or um, Michael May from Two Can Play That Game because he's really good. Yeah, um, or even um, Luke Hector from The Broken Meeple has started kind of um, doing some videos as well. So he's he's um, he's always worthwhile watching for a. There's a couple of other guys. I mean, you've got your obviously your Rados and everyone like that as well, yeah. but. Yeah, give me that and some instructions because I think I've, I think I've read recently. Abyss was one that I was reading over. Um, the lovely, lovely card game that Colin later on told me. Oh, I love that game. I play it all the time. And I was like, well, I just spent like three hours trying to learn the rules. He goes, that's really easy. I'll tell you. But I can <laughs> must have read the rule book back and forward, and I think I got stuck on the first rule going about how many cards you need to bid on and and how that kind of mechanic worked and I watched a couple of videos and had to grasp it that way and I was like going sh- sh- rules should be simple make yeah. rules simple but um, that's the, I think that's the latest one that I've kind of read through but I still haven't played but I'm going to play it with Colin ASAP um, Me too, I'm definitely going to play that game like in the next <laughs> nine months <laughs> Exactly, it's definitely a 2019 um Goal. It's a project. <laughs> it's definitely. I'm going to treat it the same way um, I treat a, a mortgage. As long as I get it done by I'm 65, then everything is good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, John, thank you for coming on. I've, um, it's been it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, um, actually, I'm kind of weighing up in my mind... 
I don't I don't even know if I need to bother asking Steve on now. I mean I think um I should though, shouldn't I? Complete the set. Complete the trilogy. I think I think you've got to. I think so. But then do I call do, do, what do I call him then? Do I call him the is he now officially the James May? <laughs> I don't think he'd dispute it. <laughs> oh you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't. Um but if people have listened tonight and they want to um we've obviously spoken about polyhedron collider, but where can we find you on the internet webs? Well, if you go to polyhedroncollider.com, you can find us there. If you go and how to do you, how do you spell polyhedron collider? <laughs> <laughs> the difficulty. If you Google it, Google will find yeah. it for you. That's the simplest. I'm only joking. I know. <laughs> P O. No, I'm not going to embarrass I'm... myself. <laughs> no. no, I was only taking the. I was only taking the Michael because I know that I'm at the point now where I've kind of, I've added, I've added Steve enough on Twitter that it just automatically comes up when I press the P. Yeah. So I don't need to try and spell it because otherwise I get this maths professor in Utah who keeps saying, "Why are you tweeting me about board games?" Um. I'll tell you what, if you think it's difficult trying to spell the thing, you should try trying to describe to Alexa what you want to listen to. <laughs> Are you on... Uh, oh, of course, because you can, can you listen to you through the kind of the podcast thing now? Yeah, or... so I have I have managed to get it to play an episode before, but every time it's like... I can't remember exactly <laughs> which version of poly, uh, Polyhedron Collider. Yeah. The Polyhedron The Polyhedron Collider. The Poly... <laughs> He drunk Elida. <laughs> Just play the freaking podcast, Alexa. For the love of God. <laughs> it is like playing the Dice Tower episode sixteen. <laughs> You're like that no <laughs> That was not what I said. <laughs> Tom Vassell does not need any more <laughs> publicity about his podcast. That's um, right. He's got enough. He's done well. <laughs> and Tom, if you're listening, you know, hats off and we love you, big kisses and everything like that. Don't don't kill us. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, so you can find you on... You, you're all over the place because poly, Polyhedron Collider, you've, you're on... It's Facebook, there's poly, it's Polyhedron Collider. On that's Twitter, right. it's at Polyhedron C. Yeah, that's right. You're on Board Game Geek. Which is Polyhedron Collider? If you search for that, and you've got a, if you've got a guild, then you've got a little forum. There is a guild and a forum, see. and I can never remember the bloody number. <laughs> it does. I mean, if people can search for it, they can find you. Yeah. I believe you're on Instagram as well. We shall make sure there's kind of show notes. If they want to keep a track on your good self, you'd look and if for... you want to share tips with Talisman or any other, or sorry, or sorry, yeah, Nirishima Hex. Yeah, other board games are available. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, then Terms I'd look conditions for on request. That's it. I'd look for <laughs> at John underscore Cage on Twitter. Yep. Excellent, excellent. And if you want to find out where we are, and God bless you if you're still following us. You know, really seriously, have you not got better things to do? Of course it they are. Like, it's great it's, fun. It's it's like the sun is shining. You can be going outside and doing other things, but if you do demand that you want to. Um, find us then if you go to go to Twitter where we're not wizards we're on Facebook we're not wizards we are on Apple Podcasts if you search for we're not wizards tabletop you'll find us I think you'll find us if you just search for we're not wizards nowadays do it Um, we are we are on um, we've gone on to things like Spreaker and um, Stitcher and Acast and all these little pod pod kind of uh, podcast catcher things. Spreaker. If we're not on, 
Yeah, I know. I've not even heard that one. I've not even heard of it either, but I kind of saw it and I think, oh, well, we'll have a, we'll see what that's all about. So apparently we're now on Spreaker as well, which is all fantastic. Why not? Of course, we are on the big one, which is the Apple Podcasts. And as we say, if you have liked what you've heard tonight, then if you leave us a review. Now remember, don't leave us a 10, because that'll make us big-headed, and don't leave us a 1, because that will make us cry. (laughs) So leave us something in the middle, like average, like a 5. I think 8's right in the middle, right? Well, it's kind of. (laughs) But one day, everybody will understand that iTunes reviews only go up to 5. And stop ruining this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Believe us a five, because we are obviously decidedly average. But the person who has not been average tonight is the wonderful, the fantastic, the person that makes me want to go back to the beginning of the show and come up with a better title for this episode. It is the one and only Mr. John Cage. You are far too kind. <laughs> it's been good fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Likewise. And, it's been good fun. You know, I've really enjoyed it. It has. Good, good. Um, and there's only a couple of things left to do. Um, the first thing, well, the first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. We're not. We might be toads, but we're definitely not wizards. Yeah, and um, you know, you wizards stay away and take your toads and put them somewhere else, basically, or we'll have you. I'll put them back in the box. <laughs> Pretty much, best way to do it. And the other thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Mr. John Cage. It's been a pleasure. I, I, I've had a blast and a half. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, get yourself on a board game selling website and pick yourself up a copy of Talisman with a capital T. Or if you're feeling a little bit cheeky, go and pick up a copy of Sorry. Because you won't be sorry either way. Um, but it's terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. But you until might be the a next... bit sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I might be a little bit sorry. <laughs> exactly. Buyer is the no. I, I, if I do a board game, it's going to be called Buyer's Regret. I think. <laughs> I think Andy might have that one. <laughs> <laughs> and what it does is it includes. Like, you open the box and there's like bubble wrap and some parcel tape. And some brown paper, and it allows you to send the game back to me once you've had it for like three months and not played it. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. Didn't the um, oh, what are they called uh, Cards Against Humanity guys? Didn't they do a uh, bullshit um, promotion oh, yeah. one time, <laughs> which and was bur- as it sounded? <laughs> yeah, they burned a pile of money as well for whatever reason. You know, everyone's got to have a hobby. <laughs> Exactly, look at those green backs burn. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, until the next time, my lovely non-wizards, goodbye and good night. Catch you later. (laughs) 